Welcome to Valley Church, guys. Uh, my name is Mark, if I haven't met you. And uh, y- yeah, I'm one of the leaders here. And I'm just super glad that you're here. Um, it's always amazing that God's just brought us all together here in this building and uh, that we get to worship Jesus together. So that's really awesome. Again, glad that you're here. We are doing our Matthew series like we've been doing for the past couple months and we've done it on, on and off throughout um, vision series and other things like that. But we are coming to the end of chapter 13 and we're only going over three verses today. And that's one of the reasons why we'll never be done with Matthew. So, um, so far in chapter 13, uh, Jesus started speaking in parables. The main one that he's, uh, that all of you probably know is the parable of the sower, and then he did the parable of the weeds, or is uh, in some versions called the parable of the tares. Uh, that sounds uh, a little more menacing, but uh, Jesus has been using these parables to teach his people. And what is a parable? Just to review real quick, R.T. France says a parable, he uses some crazy weird uh, spelling of it, is an utterance which does not carry its meaning on the surface, and thus, and which thus, demands thought and perception if the hearer is to benefit from it. So Jesus intentionally veils his teachings from uh, just normal, casual listeners. And for some of us today, we've heard this parable. It's the parable of the mustard seed and the leaven. And I, I guarantee if you haven't heard it in a Bible context, you've probably heard about it before, like mustard seed, small. But the hope is that we would not just hear it, but that we would think about it, we'd rest in it, and that we would allow it to hopefully not just like gain knowledge, but allow us to transform our hearts and our minds. So. Um, that is my hope for all of us as we listen to these uh, and learn from these passages. But uh, first, let me pray, and we'll dive right in. So, Father, we just thank you for tonight. Thank you that you are here with us, and you can help uh, us understand your word. Uh, we need you tonight for that. So, Spirit, speak to us. Allow us to understand these things. Uh, we need your help because these are, these are veiled. These are hidden secrets to some, um, but Lord, we just pray that uh, as we open up your word tonight that you would speak to us. So we just ask for that. Would you allow our hearts and our minds to be uh, receptive to the things that you have for us? Maybe something new, maybe something uh, that we need to be reminded of, but whatever the case, Lord, um, I just pray that um, you would be here tonight and that your presence would be felt. So Jesus, we love you, and again, thank you for your word. In your name, amen. Okay, so I'll just read the, the verses tonight. If you got your Bibles, it's Matthew 13, 31 through 33. And it starts, he's, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Boom, done, that's it. Three verses, and that's all we're gonna cover tonight. But the first one's 31 through 32, the parable of the mustard seed. So the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And as is implied in this, mustard seeds are very small. 
If you've never handled one like I have, it's from pictures, it looks like about as small as a little tiny round sprinkle or a grain of sand, something almost insignificant so that you wouldn't even know that it was there. And um, did a little research on it because I was like, I wanted to know mustard seed trees, all this stuff. And mustard trees usually grow about 10 to 15 feet tall. And they really do look more like bushes than they do trees because they are also as wide as they are tall. So just imagine this basically kind of a blackberry bush looking thing, just pretty wide, not very tall. Um, but the point of the parable is not that this is the largest tree ever. So keep that in mind. And this is also not where the condiment mustard comes from. Although it would sound like it, it implies this is where you get like ketchup and mustard, that mustard. No, it is not. Um, it is a different type of fruit. That is from a mustard plant. What are you gonna do? Um, the kingdom of heaven starts out small. The kingdom of heaven starts out small and for all the onlookers, all the people that were listening in, and maybe some of us here today, that's unexpected. That's something that we would not expect when you hear the phrase kingdom of heaven. So the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the people who interpreted the law, the Old Testament and things like that, were expecting a Messiah to come. They were expecting a Messiah to come and not just like, uh, a person that was like, uh, like lowly and mild coming from a, a town that was a carpenter with some like, just, I don't know, a mishmash of different types of people that uh, you wouldn't expect to uh, follow like and be a part of this huge, amazing messiahship. No, they were expecting basically a hero to come. They were expecting someone to come and destroy their enemies to destroy their political uh, enemies, and to make right the world. But again, that is not what Jesus brought himself as. Again, poor, lowly, peaceful person. And this kingdom that he was bringing was not the kingdom that they were expecting either. Again, this kingdom was supposed to be just as powerful and just as mighty as the person that they thought was coming. But the kingdom goes to the weak, the poor, the peaceful, the pure in heart, those are the people that inherit the kingdom. So, this is all unexpected for all these people. This kingdom starts small and can even be overlooked because of that. But once it grows and matures, it's something that you would not miss. I, the, the mustard tree, again, not huge, not like, so like overpowering, but it's also something that if it was in your yard, you're like 10 foot, 15 foot tall tree, that's 15 you know, feet wide. It's pretty, you can't miss that. And that's one of the things that Jesus is trying to say here too, is that it starts small, but soon you will not miss it. You will not mistake it for something else. It also talks about these birds that come and perch on its branches. Um, some of the scholars believe that Jesus is basically talking about how large it is. It's like large enough for birds to come and perch in its branches. But yes, it is true that it is large. 
enough for birds to come and perch in his branches. But I think what Jesus is really getting at here is that uh, back in the Old Testament, and specifically in Ezekiel and Daniel, there are multiple references to birds being Gentile nations. So what Jesus might be referring to here is that this kingdom, small in the beginning, will grow to be large enough for Gentile nations to come and be a part of it. Again, he's speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes who would know those references and be like, is he saying what I think he's saying? Yeah, I bet he is. Um, And there's also a ton of people that are social outcasts, people that are shunned by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, these teachers of the law, the religious leaders, they're pushing these people to the side. And again, maybe they're hearing this going, wow, is this kingdom for me? Is this what Jesus is talking about? I think Jesus was letting everyone know that the kingdom of heaven is for all nations, it's for all people, and it's meant to grow and mature. Jesus wants everyone to follow him and be a part of that nation if they so desire. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, small, unexpectedly small. The kingdom of heaven is also like yeast. Um, I like... I like the versions that use leaven more because um, they didn't have like those little packets of yeast back in the day. That's what I think when I think yeast. Uh, I put it in like the dough and I'm like, cool, yeast. It's, that's not the same as what uh, was back in the day. Um, but this verse is very similar to the mustard seed verses. Um, leaven is mostly used uh, kind of as a negative. I don't know if you guys have heard the, the passages in the Bible that refer to um, leaven as being something bad. Uh, Paul uses it as a negative reference. Even three chapters later, Jesus uses, uh, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, um, and it's their hypocrisy that he's trying to warn them about. However, this is meant to be a positive. It's meant to reference this how completely transformational uh, yeast is to the dough. So when, uh, I don't know if you guys know uh, how yeast works in bread, but there's these little bacteria and they eat all these little sugars and proteins and they put out carbon dioxide gas and other acids. That's why uh, sourdough tastes the way it does. It's just fascinating. You should like watch a YouTube on it. I watched five while writing this message and totally distracted myself. Um, And then my wife made a loaf of bread and it was fantastic. And I loved it. Um, uh, What was I talking about? Okay. (laughs) Yeast. It's amazing. Uh, uh, Again, it's a positive reference here. And The same way that a small seed grows into a large tree, a small amount of leaven is all that's needed for 60 pounds of flour. I wish Ian Hagen was here. He, like, does a lot with bread and stuff like that. But, like, I can't even imagine 60 pounds of flour uh, sitting before me and only needing, like, basically a small scoop of leaven to completely go through 60 pounds of flour. And when a, even like a small ball of dough that like Chris and I make in our house, when you add the leaven to it, it poofs up, poofs, it rises <laughs> to about two thirds, even twice the size of its original uh, size. And it's 
amazing watching this thing bubble. It's like its own little life force here. Um, so 60 pounds of this dough with leaven in it must have been absolutely gigantic. This is very, very, uh, like a very good description for what is happening on an internal level. Um, how many of you guys actually have a sourdough starter or have friends who have a sourdough starter? Any, a, a few of you? Okay. Um, I want to share a quick little thing about it, uh, and that is the, the beautiful thing about a sourdough starter is if you've ever had a baby, it's kind of like a baby. My wife and I call it our bread baby because you have to constantly, well, not constantly, regularly feed it flour and water to keep it going. And as you do, it, it matures and it grows and it allows uh, your starter to be uh, more effective as you add it to the dough. And in order for this, uh, this leaven to be able to go through 60 pounds of flour, it had to be very, very mature and well-cultured. It's amazing how little you need for that much. The transformation of the dough, like on the texture, the taste, all of that stuff is so crazy that even uh, the biblical scholars that I was reading as I was looking through this passage, that was not, uh, that was not unbeknownst to them. And it could be referring to this internal internal changes that happen when we follow Jesus and are part of the, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, you guys have all probably heard the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That grows. That is transformed as we are a part of the kingdom of heaven. This idea that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds in Romans is because we are a part of the kingdom. It is doing something internally to us. All these things started from maybe something very small, like a little bit of leaven or a little mustard seed of maybe someone when you were young inviting you to a youth camp. Maybe someone when you were a little kid, such as your mom or dad, talking to you about Jesus, reading you a little bit of scripture. These are all these little tiny things that are a lot like leaven that over time, transform us. Also, it's important to point out that this is, again, a ton of dough, 60 pounds. I can't get that out of my mind. 60 pounds is basically enough or even more than enough for 100 plus people. This wasn't just like, well, I'm making bread for me and my family. This is probably meant for a banquet or some celebration of some sort. The idea here is that this kingdom this spreading through this dough was not just for like a small amount of people. This was meant for probably a whole village. This little bit of leaven transformed and fed an entire, entire town, maybe starting with one person. So again, this is just three verses, not a ton of stuff to like, go over and like as I was studying it, I actually got really like done with the studying really fast. But I felt like the Lord was doing a lot of work internally. 
And again, that's what parables are meant to do. They're meant to do something really big on the inside of us for us to mull it over, to think about it, to understand it on a deep level. What could these parables be revealing to us, to us as Valley Church? And I think the more I was thinking about it and praying about it, I think we need to expect the kingdom of heaven to start out small. That's like a weird thing, thing to think about. Like usually we talk about how God is like great, almighty, powerful. However, when we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, like as it is revealed to us on earth, sometimes we need to expect that it is going to start small. Sometimes that smallness can even throw us off. A lot like the Pharisees, we can expect something different. I know uh, that for myself, like, I started following Jesus when I was in college, and then I was like, cool, now I'm going to know the Bible, and I didn't. <laughs> and I was like, cool, I'm following Jesus, I'm going to be a good person. Sort of was not a good person, I just stopped cussing a little bit, that's about it. Um, and I don't know, like, when we think about the kingdom of heaven, sometimes we are expecting, like, these huge, crazy, amazing, and sometimes they are, but a lot of times... The kingdom of heaven starts out small. So are, are we today expecting something bigger, maybe more grand than what is in front of us? The kingdom of heaven can start so small that it can feel like maybe sometimes it's pointless to get into our Bibles. I don't know if you've ever felt like, like what is this 10 minutes or 15 minutes going to do? Like, is this actually affecting my life? Is this actually going to grow the kingdom? Maybe for some of us, it's like the kingdom can feel so small. That, is it worth the energy? I know there's a couple families out here that are like, is it worth the energy to get my kids all cleaned up, put in clean clothes, fed in the car so I can get all sweaty and get to church? Is that like, is that worth it? It can feel that way sometimes. Is it, is it that sometimes the kingdom is so small that we question whether like that person that we know at work like is ever going to care about how much we love Jesus it can feel that way sometimes but expect the kingdom of heaven to start out small so that means i think we need to start small i think that means we as followers of Jesus as we are pursuing this relationship with Jesus that we need to start small. What does that look like? I think that means, yeah, that 10, maybe 15 minutes, maybe even two or three minutes in the Word or in prayer or even just thinking about something godly really is making a difference, really is like the leaven, slowly transforming your heart, slowly transforming your mind. Maybe when you get the kids in the van, finally, they're going like, wow, mom and dad were crazy for like 20, 30 minutes trying to get us in here. This must be, this must be valuable or something because they look stressed and crazy now. I, I, we only have three kids and it's work getting them. So Kyle, Carrie, Ventis, you guys are amazing. Um, I know that sometimes when you're at work, 
it's easy to dismiss that you like that anyone else will notice what you are doing, how you are doing it. But I gotta believe, reading this parable, the mustard seed and the leaven, that something is happening. Something is happening. It's not gonna happen over one like loving and caring moment, maybe not even two, or even a week's worth or a month's worth. Maybe it'll take a year, maybe five years. I don't know, maybe more than that. But once that tree has grown, birds can perch in it. Once that relationship has grown, once they know how much you care, once they know how you act under stress, how you behave, when the absolute worst and weirdest things are happening in the world, how you carry yourself as a follower of Jesus, I believe that will make a difference. I believe that person will notice and that leaven will begin to transform. So start small, start small. I know it feels sometimes like it's not doing anything, but we gotta trust the Lord that he is going to grow this that this transformation is happening underneath the surface. And along with start small, I think we need to stay consistent and allow it to grow. Like I was saying, like it could take five months, could take five years. I don't know, whatever the case is, we need just to keep at it. Five minutes like over the course of like the day is so little, but five minutes a day, over the course of a week, okay. It's adding up a little bit. At least it's as long as some TV shows at that point. But the, my point is that if we stay with it and we stay consistent, I think that's when it grows. I think that's when our faith begins to not just be a, rep, a repetition or just a thing that we do, but a thing that we become and a thing that transforms us. So again, it may not be flashy, but even though it seems small, like that mustard seed or that little bit of leaven, that's still the kingdom of heaven. That little bit of five minutes in the morning, that's the beginning of a huge tree. Or what could eventually feed an entire village. That is a way to think about it. When I was uh, thinking about starting small, staying consistent, consistent and allowing it to grow. Uh, there was, we got to go, me and Michael and our wives got to go to this conference in Lake Tahoe with a bunch of other amazing pastors and Jesus followers. It was insane. Uh, I loved it so much. There was this lady there that spoke at it and uh, she was just quoting scripture like, I thought she had notes in front of her, and she was just going like, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Matthew, and I was like, she's reading it off of a sheet. No, she had it memorized. She was basically like, like just pulling this out of her heart and her mind, able to share it with us on the fly. And uh, a couple of people asked her, like, how did you get like that? And she's like, it started with reading the Bible, like having a good devotional plan. And then it grew into like a love of the word. And then from there, she's like, 
for the past 35 years, she has read the Bible every year. And I was like, okay, that is how it grows. That is how it happens. Something so small, like just a devotional, like, ah, I'm just going to get into the Word, turned into reading the Bible every year for 35 years. Like, that's insane. But how this mustard seed can grow, how this leaven can transform a huge ball of dough. The kingdom is meant to grow and mature. That is why this happens. The kingdom is meant to grow and mature. It's not just meant to stay a a seed or uh, a little bit of leaven. For example, Valley Church we're small. We're like not a huge church or anything like that. But like in the beginning, it was just uh, me, Michael, and Kenny and our wives. And we're just sitting in a living room. We're like, let's pray about a church. And I was like, oh, I don't know. That sounds crazy. But it has grown. That little seed of an idea, most likely from the Holy Spirit, because this is something that I would not have wanted to do if not given a little Holy Spirit nudge. But uh Man, it has grown, and again, it's, I, we always talk about how it's like we, we don't care how many people come. We'll, we know that the Lord will bring the people that he wants to bring, um, but we are meant to grow and mature, and as Valley Church, that's what we want for each and every one of you as you come here. And again, not about the numbers. New people will come, but uh, we're meant to mature in our love of Jesus and how we follow him. And just like the parable of the soils, I think we can be part of that environment that helps each other grow. I think we can play a part in how um, when someone new comes into this building or even someone who's been here forever, I think we can help make the soil rich and fertile so that every person that comes through here can grow in their love of Jesus. So that one day, maybe, you know, who knows what uh, Salem has uh, in store for it, like, as far as what Jesus wants to do. But I believe that, like, Valley Church could be a part of the leaven that feeds this entire city. That Valley Church could potentially, uh, when we mature over time, like, maybe a ton of people will come to know the Lord because there's a bunch of people here that are slowly allowing the Lord to transform them internally, slowly allowing the Lord to do something insane that, like, you would never expect, but only through the Lord is it possible. So just a few questions for you guys as we, uh, as the worship band (laughs) comes back up. (laughs) Um, but uh, one, of the, one of the things that I don't want us to do is feel like we're stuck, you know? Sometimes as we're, like, doing our best, following Jesus, it feels like you're in a rut. And again, I don't want you to feel like that. But if that's where you are today, I want you to allow the words of the songs and maybe uh, the Holy Spirit to nudge you, like, where can you start small? Where can you start small? And maybe it's something you've already done before but need to take on again. Like we talk about our uh, spiritual disciplines and things like that, silence, solitude, reading the word, uh, prayer, um, 
even tithing and stuff like that is like something where start small, start somewhere and allow uh, the Lord to do his work in you. Where is some place that you can start small? And what are some ways that you can help the kingdom grow in your life and others? That's a huge thing. As I look at this passage, it is very evident that the Lord is not just like, hey, make it a party of one or two. No, like, make it a party where everyone's invited. The birds can come and perch, where the whole village is invited to have a chunk of bread. No, it sounds like you could have like a huge loaf all to yourself, though, still with 60 plus pounds. But man, I'm going to read this passage again, and we're going to go uh, into this time of worship, and I'm going to pray all sorts of amazing things. But again, I just want this verse to not just bounce off of you, but to stay in your mind and in your heart. So let's read this one more time. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all the way through the dough. Father, we just thank you for your word that Jesus spoke this parable to all these people such a long time ago, but Lord, how it resounds and impacts us today. That is no mistake. Lord, you're speaking to us now, so we just ask that we would be able to have our ears able to listen, that our hearts would be soft. Lord, where, where do we need to start small? And even if it's something uh, that we think is insignificant, would you remind us, Lord, that sometimes your kingdom is unexpectedly small, but yet it can still grow larger, more grand than we could ever expect all at the same time. Lord, you're glorious. You're amazing. And we love you so much. So we just give you this time now. In your name, amen.